Hey everyone, thanks so much for allowing me to join you again this week. Recently I had a friend of mine uh, show me a life hack. He said when he goes to the beach, he puts his phone inside of a Ziploc bag. And he said you can use it just like you always do, but it keeps sand and water from getting in the phone. It's how to make your phone waterproof. Well, I wish it was that simple to make our lives foolproof. Uh, all you need is a, to put your phone in a plastic bag. But the truth is, to make our lives protected from foolishness, we need wisdom. And the good news for us in this is that the Bible has a whole book dedicated to just that, giving us wisdom. It's the book of Proverbs, a collection of wise sayings. Most of, uh, and most of those sayings were written by the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon. And he said he wrote this book to give instruction to simple people and to make wise people wiser still. So today, as we continue on in our series entitled Foolproof, we're talking about protecting ourselves from foolishness and can bring us great harm. Last week, we talked about the Proverbs that deal with foolishness regarding our tongue. Today, we're talking about foolishness regarding our temper. Because if I don't control my temper, I can do terribly foolish and harmful things. An out-of-control temper can blow up relationships. And I learned something this last week in an article in, Christ, in a Psychology Today. It says that when we get angry, we release stress hormones in our body that actually shut down the rational parts of our brain. And when that happens, we are not thinking clearly. Well, Solomon knew all about this, and he wrote a whole bunch of Proverbs to give wisdom so that we could stay away from out-of-control anger. Listen to a few of them right here. Proverbs 14, 17 says, a quick-tempered person does foolish things. Oh yeah. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. That's Proverbs 29, 11. And people with understanding control their anger, but a hot temper shows great foolishness. Hmm. I mean, if you think back in your own life at times when you spouted off in anger, only to realize later, you didn't have any idea what you were talking about. And there's almost no way to take back the words you said. Or some scene that was caused at a party by somebody who was out of control, ruined the whole evening for everybody there, was very upsetting. Well, I don't want that to be a part of my life, and neither do you. And so this message today is devoted to giving us wisdom and instruction from God's Word on how to control our tempers and foolproof our lives against the harm that out-of-control anger can bring. Now, it's important to note that controlling our tempers, that can be hard to do. And controlling my temper can be very hard to do. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. That's Proverbs 16.32. Solomon said, you know, if you can control your temper, you're a warrior. Because this is hard to do, especially when, if we've grown up in a household where we didn't have good role models for this. I mean, some of us grew up in homes where dad had an out-of-control temper, or maybe mom did, or maybe both. And so our default setting, based on what we learned at home, isn't a good one. 
And if that's where you are today, and if you're saying, you know, I would love to have control of my temper. I hate how anger has impacted my life and it's ruined so many opportunities and relationships. Well, then this is a great message for you because I want to give you some good news. God wants us to change and he gives us the Holy Spirit so we can do hard things. I mean, if it's a hard thing to control our tempers, which it is, well, that's why the Holy Spirit was given us because he helps us do hard things. Listen to Philippians 2.13. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. When you come to Christ, Christ doesn't say now, hey, I'm glad you came to me for forgiveness. Now straighten your life out. He says, come to me and I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he'll change you from the inside out. He'll give you the power to change and he'll give you the desire so you want to change. Paul also wrote this in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. He said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us more than conquerors. And so today, as we uh, begin this lesson, I just want to have a word of prayer. And I want to give hope to you today that if you've been saying, oh, God, I want to get control of my temper, but I don't know how. Well, this is a great lesson for you. Great time to start again. Or maybe a time to surrender our tempers in the first place. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you for your word. It's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And Lord, I thank you that you are giving us instruction on how to control our tempers. Father, when we're out of control, oh, we can say things and do things that are so wrong because we're not even thinking clearly. And Lord, we can damage friendships and marriages. We can lose jobs. We can cause all kinds of circumstances to be put in play bring us great pain. And so, God, today we ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive what you have for us today. And Father, some of us right now are praying for a son or a daughter or a cousin or a friend, somebody we love dearly, and their temper is out of control. And so, God, we pray that we might learn some wisdom today that we can pass on to them. So we want you to speak, Lord. Move me out of the way and teach us what we need to know about controlling our tempers. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Well, I wanna give you five things that you and I can do to control our tempers better and foolproof them so we don't have to deal with all those consequences. First of all, I can accept responsibility for the way I express anger. I can accept responsibility. This is always step one in dealing with a problem that I have, a behavioral problem, is saying, I have this problem. It's acknowledging where I am. It's taking stock. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Is that me? Would people describe me as a sensible person? Or would they describe me as somebody who flies off the handle over small things? A person with a quick temper stirs up arguments and commits a lot of sins. That's Proverbs 29, 22. If you and I don't control our tempers, it's sin. And I'm saying this to remind us that we can't excuse ourselves and say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, if we don't like the way we are, let's accept responsibility for it and let's bring it to God and say, God, help me change. Real change happens when I say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this. In Ephesians 4:26, the Apostle Paul said, in your anger, do not sin. We all experience anger. 
but we don't have to experience out-of-control anger. That's what brings such great pain and such great sorrow. There are right ways to express it and there are wrong ways. And it always begins in my life, or change really begins in my life, when I say, you know, I've expressed this the wrong way in the past and I want to change. So step one is just doing that and saying, God, I want to be different. And I accept responsibility for the way I express my anger. Please show me a better way. Step two is this, or another strategy I can use to improve my temper is this. I can identify circumstances and situations where I easily lose my temper and develop strategies to avoid them. I mean, if I'm acknowledging, yes, I have flown off the handle a lot, well, then I don't need to put myself in circumstances where I'm triggered, and it's very easy to do that. Easy to do that. If you churn milk, you get butter. If you hit someone's nose, it bleeds. If you stir up anger, you get into trouble. That's Proverbs 30, verse 33. And Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, Avoid a fight. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Well, look, if I know that if I punch somebody in the nose, it's going to cause it to bleed, and if I know that I do certain things, I'm going to lose my temper, I need to avoid those things whenever possible. That's the reason I take my car to an oil change place every time, every time we need an oil change now. I used, for years and years, I used to do it myself. I grew up on a farm where we always changed the oil and all the farm equipment and on our cars. I just thought, thought that's the way you had to do it. And that if I was going to be a good husband and a, and a good manager of our house, then I needed to change oil in my car. <laughs> but Virtually every time I did change oil, I'd either skin my knuckles or get hot oil on myself or dirty oil on the driveway, and it always put me in a foul mood, and I almost always lost my temper, and one day my wife came to me and said, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Take it to an oil change place, and then you don't have to be mad all day. And she explained to me that her and the kids would avoid me every time I was working on the car. <laughs> So that's why, yeah, well, I don't want to do that. There are other areas in my life, and maybe you have an area that involves social media. There are certain uh, websites you can't visit. There are certain people you can't talk to online because every time you do, it ends up in a fight. Well, those are things we need to know, and we need to put in place some strategies to protect ourselves, ourselves so we don't fly off the handle. Psalm 4.4 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. I don't have to sin. I don't have to put myself in a position where I'm easily angered. I don't have to respond to an angry email tonight or to what somebody posted on Facebook. I can sleep on it and have a better perspective. I don't have to be out of control in my anger. I can accept responsibility for the way I express anger. I can identify circumstances and situations that trigger me and develop strategies to avoid them. And thirdly, I can choose to de-escalate explosive situations instead of escalating them. I mean, if I've become aware that I don't like the way I'm expressing anger, I need to also become aware that when my face starts feeling hot and my neck starts feeling tight and I'm wearing, and I'm aware that I'm becoming angry. 
I don't have to take this to the next level. I can choose to go a different direction. It's why I need the Lord's help. It's why I need the Lord's wisdom. Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered person starts fights and a cool-tempered person stops them. Hot-tempered person ramps it up. Cool-tempered person ramps it down. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, 1. I don't have to make things worse. I can't control what people are going to say to me today, but I can control the way I respond. There's an amazing story in 1 Samuel 25 where David and his men have been camping in the wilderness. He was hiding from King Saul, who was jealous of him and trying to kill him. And while he was hiding in the wilderness, he protected some shepherds that belonged to a wealthy farmer named Nabal. And at shearing time, where all the sheep were sheared, there would usually be a big feast. And David sent some men and said, I know you're going to be feasting at shearing time. Can we have some of the bounty? Can you share some food with us? I'd like to celebrate with my men. We protected your shepherds while they were out in the fields. And Nabal gave him an angry answer and said, get out of here. I'm not taking care of you. I don't even know who you are. Well, when David heard the reply, he said, well, that was a waste of time being nice to this guy. And he, had, he gathered 400 men and they were armed with swords. And he said, we're riding for Nabal's farm and nobody's going to survive. Nabal was angry, sent an angry reply. David got angry and soon and there was going to be bloodshed. Except for one thing, some of the men who worked for Nabal went and found his wife, Abigail, and she rode out to meet David with a whole lot of food. And let me read to you part of 1 Samuel 25. When she met David, she fell at his feet and she said, I accept all the blame in the matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He's a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. So now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. I mean, she said Nabal is a fool, as his name suggests, because that's what the word Nabal means. It means fool. And she said, David, this man, my husband, he acted like a fool. He never should have insulted you. But David, don't do this because you're acting foolishly, too. She said, Here's a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And David thanked her. He said, I promise you, Abigail, if you hadn't come out to warn me, I'd have killed Nabal and all of his men. She saved the life of her husband and his servants. She saved David's reputation and his conscience because she was someone who went, went out to meet him, literally headed off trouble at the pass, and took things down a notch. Proverbs 25, 21, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. If I'm going to foolproof my life against out-of-control anger, then I can make a choice right now. When trouble comes my way, I can de-escalate. I can't control what other people are going to say to me. I can control how I respond. And with the Lord's help, I can be wise and cool things down. A fourth way that we can 
learn to control our tempers better is we can choose to hang around people who bring out the best in us and who are not hot-tempered. Oh, that's what I want. I mentioned before, maybe we grew up in a home where we hung around hot-tempered siblings or parents and we picked up all kinds of bad habits. We don't have to keep doing that. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you'll learn to be like them and endanger your soul. That's Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. We see that in our culture today. There are people who are angry and they want to burn things down and smash things and destroy things and people start hanging around them and they become like them. This is not what God desires. It is not godly and it's not the good, rich, abundant life that God wants us to have. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you'll have to do it again. Proverbs 19, 19. So instead, Solomon encourages us, walk with the wise, because whoever walks with the wise become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I mean, what if I identified friends in my life who really handle situations well? They always have a level head. They don't seem to get overly rattled when things go wrong. In fact, they give gentle answers. And like Abigail, they know how to head trouble off at the pass. If you know people like that, well, these are people that it'd be wise for us to go and say, hey, can I buy you lunch? I'd like to talk with you about how you handle situations. I'm trying to be better at handling my temper, and I admire you. Can you give me some of your wisdom? He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools who let their anger run wild, well, they'll suffer harm. Now, finally, I can surrender my temper to the Lord. I mean, we're back to where we started again. Proverbs 1.7 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. To be a fool is to be thick-headed and refusing to learn. But if I'm going to truly change, I need to fear the Lord and say, Lord, I want to go your way. In Ephesians 4, Paul wrote, Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. As we were talking today, if you've realized, oh, yeah, I've, I've just put myself in situations where I've been easily triggered. I haven't done anything to avoid it. It happens to me over and over again. Or maybe I've escalated things. Instead of cooling things down, I've made them worse. Or, you know, maybe I've been hanging around people who have brought out the worst in me. Well, today's the great day to get rid of all that and say, God, I want to change. I want to make a clean break. And I come to you. That's what's so great about bringing our problems to the Lord. It gives us the power to change. And in Psalm 103, we're reminded that when we come to the Lord, He treats us like a loving father. And there are times when I meet with people and we're dealing with anger issues and people are ashamed of things they've said and done. They have deep regret and they go, well, God, honestly, forgive me. How can he even work with someone like me? I've made such a fool of myself. Well, listen to Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry. He's filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. 
He doesn't punish us for all our sins. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. He doesn't. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens are above the earth. And he's removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are and he remembers we are only dust. Can I give you hope today? God will give us the strength we need to change. God loves us and forgives us, and he remembers our sins no more when we bring them to him. He'll give us the wisdom. That's why he gave us the Bible that we need to change. We don't have to learn only through pain. We can learn through solid counsel from God's word. And right now I'm going to pray that he's going to apply it to our lives and become the people he wants us to be. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you would foolproof our lives against out-of-control tempers. Father, we accept responsibility for the way we've expressed anger in the past. We don't want to make excuses. Lord, we've said things we shouldn't have said. We've done things we shouldn't have done. We have spouted off way too often. And we ask that you would forgive us. We want to change, Lord. Give us the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Father, we pray that you will steer us away from situations where we're easily triggered. That you'd open our eyes to things we can do differently right now. We don't have to keep walking into these traps over and over again. Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom the next time we feel angry and we feel it's coming on us and we know we're about to blow up, Lord. We pray that you'll show us the way to de-escalate, to do something different. We don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again and watching it all blow up. And Father, we ask that you would bring us around godly people, wise people who can bring out the best of us. And that we'd limit the time we spend with people who drag us down and model unhealthy and wrong ways to vent their anger. God, we thank you that you're a loving Father. You don't treat us as we deserve. You forgive our sins and you don't remember them anymore. Oh God, we need your forgiveness and your grace. And we thank you for your wisdom. Please help us change. God, we pray these things for ourselves and for the people we love so they can escape the traps of out-of-control anger and the foolish decisions that bring so much pain in their lives. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.